Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe Podcast. Today we are wrapping up Season 1 of The Bad Batch with Paul Hoppy and Riki and Sarah Hayashi. All that more after commercial break. We have no control over. Welcome back, folks. I'm Matthew, your host. I know we are all burning with excitement about this last episode, so I'm taking you live to a couple of people who are joining us today who are from a state that is burning. Uh, Paul Hoppy, <laughs> Riki, and Sarah Hayashi are all in the state of California today, the Republic of California. I'm speaking in a mile a minute. That needs to calm down. Paul, how are we doing today? Yeah, we're good. Like, I'm moving somewhere soon, but I'm not sure where yet. But, like, I don't know. I was able to just chill, watch this episode worry a little bit about the character's safety but at the same time not too much because we already knew there was a season two yeah yeah that 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 announcement was poorly timed we'll get to that in a second uh riki and sarah hayashi i i appreciate your dedication you're coming to us from a hotel room mid move how, how are things going for y'all oh moving is just such like a relaxed process no mm-hmm. stress been real yep. real smooth the whole time um <laughs> yeah no i've you're been seeing people at their best <laughs> Yeah, it's great. I've been telling people our move has gone about as smooth as sandpaper, but you know. Okay. okay. Uh, we are we are in it's California coarse. now. It's coarse. Yeah. Yep. Not like you. We, um, we don't like sand on paper or other things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're uh, we're here, which is the important part. Uh, awesome. We're safe. The cat's safe. That's about all we can ask for at this cool. point. Stuff question mark, but we'll check it out on Monday. I'm ready you're, you're for the safe. Star Wars. Yeah. There you go. Well, I was going to say, you're safe, the cat's safe, and what I want to start with is Crosshair's safe. Uh, yes. I, I, well, I Let's kind of back up a bit and get into uh, just kind of general <laughs> thoughts. Uh, outline, eh. Outline, eh. Plan idea, eh. A Jedi podcast host needs not these things. <laughs> Took way too long to set up that joke. Anyway, so overall thoughts, episode 16, what'd y'all think? Oh, you want audio? Thumbs down. I did not enjoy this episode. I don't know. I think that's been a theme with the Disney Plus shows, both Marvel and Star Wars. I have really not enjoyed how they ended. Mm. What what do you think you not liked about this one? Well, I mean, the crosshair thing. The mm-hmm. pseudo-redemption of Crosshair, the question mark, you know, we're going to leave things up in the air for season two. Is he an enemy? Is he potentially able to come back? We don't know. Type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, there were some bombshells that were dropped in episode 15 that just never got addressed in this episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's with the, like, hopes of keeping people around for season two. But I think people are going to watch season two no matter what. Um, It just felt very underwhelming and like really forced in a way as well, I guess. And it didn't wrap up the storylines I was hoping would be wrapped up. And and just the plot of the episode, the danger of the episode, Mm. what was like, you know, like escape from a burning building type stuff. And the empire literally like just disappeared. They, they took their shots, they blew up the, the city, and then just withdrew quietly, and that was it. And so I think it, there was a lot of stuff building towards the Empire being the big bad. I mean, obviously they are, you know, right. led by Crosshair. And, and none of that really paid off in, in a way that I think most of us were expecting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I think I... I'm about halfway. I think I liked it a lot more than you all did, but I definitely thought a lot of the pacing and, and plot stuff was really weird. Um, Paul, you are shot. You are frozen on simply the best screenshot of your face I've ever seen. It's just but the best. Are, are you still? Okay, you're still there. I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay. Yeah, I have things to say as well. <laughs> Good. Yeah, so Paul, what did you think of this episode? I wouldn't say necessarily that I enjoyed it per se, but I was fairly pleased by sort of where it ran like where it where it left things and some of the beats that it hit i thought that the character beats were solid i liked that crosshair wasn't like they didn't really make peace with one another they just kind of were in a sticky situation they got through it and at the end of it it was just like yeah you know we're we're still we're not friends but like we're not um we're not enemies today 
but we might be again tomorrow. And uh, I saw some speculation about where Crosshair might end up afterwards. I mean, I think that they mentioned the Empire's scout ships. So I figure the Empire is going to come back at some point to kind of wrap up. I do buy the idea that the Empire would, like, leave them for dead, as it looks like things are pretty much destroyed. On the other hand, like... Uh, but that's partially because it's it's kind of, like, unbelievable that they survived, you know? Right. <laughs> like, the whole thing with them falling through. Like, it's it's similar to the end of Clone Wars. Yeah, I, I wonder if they were trying to do that intentionally, because it had a very similar feel, but I, but I felt none of the drama that that had. Yeah, well, also none of them are Jedi, so right. it, it's a little less believable that, like, you know, Ahsoka falling from the sky, like, okay, well... She's a Jedi, so I, I can kind of buy that she can hop from falling debris to falling debris and land in... I said this in the Black Widow cast, that, like, in Black Widow, I was kind of like, really? You know? Yeah. But, like, with Ahsoka, I'm like, yeah, of course. Jedi. You know? Like, Force. Um, but here, it was kind of like, okay, I guess they can get out of it. Um, I just... You know, this... Uh, do I have to say Denouement again? Um, <laughs> I, I feel like... We had some recording mishaps, but... Um, I feel like this episode served as that. And going into the last one um, last week, I was like, why are they not making this just like a big movie that's a finale? And I kind of see it now where they wanted to have the major physical confrontation, I think, in the last, mm-hmm. in the previous episode, in the penultimate episode. And then in this episode, they went more with the um, the sort of social conflict between they kind of had each member of the Bad Batch and the way they felt towards Crosshair. And, the you know, Wrecker's like, we still would have taken you back. And Tech's like, just because I understand you doesn't mean I agree with you. Right. And, you know, and then Omega's like, you know, I thought it was just the chip, but I was wrong and blah, blah, blah. You know, so they all kind of got, got a moment. Except I felt like Echo was like kind of almost absent in this episode. I yeah. felt like everybody else kind of got their moments, and Echo was kind of, like, also there, I guess. Um, and, yeah. and TJ Stratford actually wrote into us and, and made a comment about both Echo and and Fi, uh, Echo and Tech not having as much to do this season, but especially this episode, and mm-hmm. I agree with you there. I, I think I'm kind of halfway in between the two of you, because I think I I like the episode less than Paul did, and I especially hear what you're saying, uh, Riki, about how much was kind of boring about this episode. I, I basically thought there were... Seven, but but the stuff that I thought was good, I like. I really loved what they did with Crosshair, uh, and all the stuff you're talking about, Paul. I I felt like there was like seven really good minutes in this episode <laughs> that would have been wonderful as just tacked on at the end of episode fifteen, right? You know, um, or you know, I mean, not to keep beating this dead horse, but if they wanted Paul, what you're talking about about big physical confrontation and an episode that's really about like everyone figuring out what happens next. Like, you could have had them and Crosshair walking back into their old room and then given us the flashbacks of Crosshair in that room without them. And, like, if this episode is more about... These last two have really been about Crosshair Mm. telling his version of the story. Like, if you want a full episode, that's a great time to actually tell us more of Crosshair's story. Or just, like have flashbacks to Crosshair with the Bad Batch more and show that, like, as part of... You know, because I feel like there was so much that I wanted more of, and I feel like, Riki and Sarah, when you start talking about all the things that got uh, unresolved, you're going to remind me and make me enjoy the episode (laughs) a lot less. Um, But, like... Because I felt like the two, one or two biggest things I wanted resolved did get resolved, but... I just didn't care. I didn't care as they were crawling around the, you know, uh, the the space station, the the, the 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 I don't know if it's a ship or the you know the, like the floating city, city yeah, yeah. that was no longer a floating city. Right, right. Um, I, it I was float. Care. It was flotsam city. I, I did kind of wonder how it um, took all that you know turbo laser fire, but remained airtight. Um, that's a miracle. It wasn't of entirely airtight, but yeah, <laughs> waterproof even. Um, but yeah, so, so let's actually go to that. So for Riki and Sarah, for you all, what were some of the things that this missed? What were some of the things that you felt like the bombshells that needed to get resolved that didn't get resolved? Well, I think the biggest one is going to be Omega's age, right? Like the fact that she's older than Mm. the, Mm -hmm. the Bad Batch. And that was dropped on us last episode, episode 15. And then they like 
Tech was like, mm, yes, clearly she is older than us. <laughs> no, we're never going to talk about that again. Like, right, it's right. just very strange, especially because they've set up this family dynamic where she's the little sister. She's even like right. the child of the Bad Batch. And it's just to have that be like not true, especially the way that like Hunter and Wrecker have sort of been treating her as far as like going mm-hmm. on missions. Like, why is she still a child? Is she just stopped aging? Does she just age really, really, really slowly? Well, well, I mean, I think she she aged normally. And yeah. the, the yeah. clones age very quickly? I mean, the, the whole Clone Wars is, what, two years? Maybe three years? Three, three years, yeah. Tops? Yeah. So, like, it, the oldest clones are three years old. Mm, okay. So it's very possible that well, she... No, they, they started making the clones ten years before that, so they, she would be 13 now. Yeah, which is about how old she appears, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they're aged to maturity rapidly. Right. Right. Yeah, and, and Boba Fett was a similar thing where I think he was brought, he was aged to, you know, whatever age he was in Attack of the Clones, but then that's when he starts to age at a normal rate. Right. Or I, yeah. I thought he was just, he just grew up normally from like a baby or something. And he was like a 13 or something, no? Maybe. Yeah, I, I, maybe. That was my impression as well. And I guess to me, like, that's kind of where there's this weird age imbalance because, like, in terms of more chronological time alive, yes, I think Omega is older. I think because of the advanced aging, like, five or six of those years were spent, like, as a toddler, you know, and then as a very young child. Whereas they, I guess, have had a lot more years being, like, teenager to adulthood. So it's a question of, like, they have more lived experience in some way, but she's out... She's probably like a I, year older than them, but but they're like they double do. her age in some ways. Yeah, I feel like this is a for the clones. It's like a matrix situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where their their aging is accelerated, and then they're programmed with all right. these things. Yeah, right. like shared well, experience. But also, like I also felt like Omega this episode started acting a lot older as well. Oh, and yeah. maybe that was... Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was just like a because I know she's older, she's acting older. But she also mm-hmm. seemed to like instantly have so much more emotional maturity, so much more like gravitas about her um, as this like, yes, I am older and wiser. I recall you growing up and being made. Yeah. And it's like, where was this before? I don't I, know. I feel like it was kind of there though. Like, but... I mean, so I've, I have two thoughts on that. One... First, I think it's a good point, right? And definitely mm-hmm. something to think about. Um, I do think that she had a certain level of maturity that we're looking at her a certain way, so we might not be thinking of it that way. But, like, I think there is a sort of what might seem like wisdom beyond her years that I think a lot of kids have and just don't get credit for because of just the way kids are looked at in society. Right. Um, the other thing, though, is that when she looks super naive, it's like, dirt! I've never seen dirt because she, she was out of yeah. her element, right? Sure. Here, her looking, her seeming more mature and composed or whatever. This is she said she spent most of her life in this lab, yeah. so I, I right. feel like she would have a different kind of. She wouldn't have the same sort of, you know, naivete in terms of with those, you know, mm-hmm. in exact surroundings. Just that she's like she's got a different level of confidence because she's home. Yeah. Although it just got blown yeah. up. And it, I did feel it was a little weird, like, did she not want to go back? Did she want to go back? Like, yeah. And I get that a little bit, maybe, with, like, going home to somewhere that you had a lot of negative experiences. But it also, that, I could have used more of that and less running around from a sea creature trying to bite a glowing oh, tube God. where it's like, turn the lights turn off. The, like, yes! <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is a, uh, <clears throat> something else that was commented on, including by TJ and a number of other people in the chat. TJ also pointed out, uh, and this is kind of like what you were getting at uh, a bit ago, Sarah. Um, <clears throat> uh, he said, you know, she probably ages naturally, but other clones are accelerated. Plus, they live through the war, which brings mental maturity. Like, I, I think that, and that's like, I think she has a lot of wisdom. She has very little sort of lived experience in a way that they do. And that's kind of what I was getting at. You know, Outside because... the context of that lab. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's fair. Exactly. It also felt, I don't know, it felt a little bit like she revealed like, ah, yes, this was all my machination of like orchestrating that I meet you. This is why I wanted right, to meet right. you. Yeah. Which felt also weirdly out of character. Um, but I don't know, maybe that I just like misread what she was saying. Mm-hmm. It makes yeah, me wonder like how long, how old are they? 
Like, yeah. when were they developed? Like, was it a year? Was it two years? Was it three years? You know? How long mm-hmm. did she try to get in touch with them but couldn't until the very end of the Clone War? You know? Right. I don't know. I, I will also just throw in, like, in terms of, like, the brains change as we get older, mm-hmm. right? And so, right. like, a teenager brain is actually physically different than, like, a, you yeah. know, 20-something, 30-something, 40-something. So, so, and so for Ricky and Sarah, so what did you not like about the crosshair story? Because I, I actually quite liked the way it was resolved. What was what was your issue with it? I mean, so one macro thing with crosshair is that he makes a very poor endgame villain, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because you can't have a big fight like we're used to seeing in Star Wars, namely mm-hmm. a lightsaber fight, right? Like the end of right. uh, Clone Wars, Ahsoka versus Maul was one of the most spectacular lightsaber duels we've seen in any Star Wars product. Hands down, yeah. So we can't get that. We had This season we had a very interesting you know, martial arts slash gunfight between Fennec and Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. Right, but Crosshair's style is to you know hide and take sniper shots, so that just mm-hmm. like doesn't. There is a tension there. There can be a tension there, but it doesn't lend itself to like this is the end of the series fight with mm-hmm. him. Yeah, I just am salty about the whole he didn't have an inhibitor chip thing. Oh, oh okay. that they definitely didn't pay off. Like, when yeah. did he get it taken out? Yeah, like, do we yeah. have to go back and watch the series and wait to see when the scar looks different? But also, like, they were exper- the like, experimenting on right. his inhibitor chips, so you yeah. clearly had it at some point. Yeah, yeah, and... yeah. Yeah, yeah, so just, like, that made me salty, and I feel like that's just me disagreeing with, like, the direction of, of the show. Um, but, yeah, that's it fair. just it felt like, I don't know, like, a, a cop-out, I guess, in a, in a weird way of... Oh, interesting. Like, okay. Yeah, because I think she wanted, Sarah wanted Crosshair to be redeemable. Yeah. And I wanted Crosshair to be irredeemable. (laughs) And we kind of got neither here. Right. Yeah. I I guess, yeah, I mean, that's really interesting the way you talk about it. Because I think, it's funny, I think think your your analysis of it is completely right. I just loved all the things you didn't love. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, to me, I really appreciated that we broke out of the trope of here's the big bad, here's the big fight that's coming. Because to, to me, so much of what the show was about was this is a group that is trained to do one thing. Someone tells them what the target is, and they can destroy the target. They can rescue the target. They can fight like no one else can. And a lot of what happened in this um, uh, show was them realizing like what happens when you can't just fire lasers at the problem. You have to do something more. And so Crosshair was kind of the perfect... like not big bad, but primary antagonist, because it wasn't just going to be like a big lightsaber battle or a big starship fight at the end. It was much more like, how do we see ourselves here? And I think, for me, I think, I, I hear you about the kind of redeemable, irredeemable, and I'm still not sure of which I want. You know, I think either could be good. I think for me, if he'd had the chip, the, the thing that I was most afraid of was that he had the chip the whole time, and then the chip just got fixed, and then everything was fine again. Mm. Like, to me, that would have been a real sellout of, okay, so there's no moral consequences here. There's no consequences of action. It was just always the chip. Everything's back hunky-dory. And, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, like, I, I finish your thought and I'll, and I'll get to what I was going to okay. say. So, so to me, I thought this was the perfect way to do Crosshair because it was messy. It wasn't a binary of you're our enemy or you're our brother again. It was, And I... I felt almost a little bit of sympathy for Crosshair as he was explaining his position. Like the kind of sympathy you feel like for an enemy, you know, the a sympathetic bad guy. In a, like I still think like he was wrong. He should have been willing to like break with the Empire. But like I can understand why for him, like they're following orders. It's not their place to question the orders. And everyone else broke that. And... Like, not enough to be like, oh my god, poor Crosshair, like, he's my hero now, he's still very much the villain. But it was enough to make me really invested in his story, enough that I thought the ending of, like, I think if he'd gotten back on the ship, I would have liked it much less. I think if it had just been like, alright, now I'm with you guys again. I liked him just sort of being like, alright, well, maybe I was kind of wrong about the Empire, but I still have all these hurt feelings with you, and I don't know where I am, and now I'm going to kind of just go off on my own. 
Yeah, I get that. And I think I, I do like the sort of murkiness and I think wanting him to have the inhibitor chip wasn't necessarily wanting it like, oh, all is forgiven. Um, I wanted to see something built off of his line in episode 15 where he says, like, they always come back for their own. Well, most of the time. Um, and that, like, big dagger of, like, you all knew that I had this inhibitor chip. You all knew what it did. You all knew that I wasn't in control of my actions and you abandoned me anyway. Um, and then, like, reckoning with those feelings. But instead we get, nah, I'm evil. Which is just, like, mm-hmm. felt like a bit of a letdown to me. But I get where you're coming from where, like, yeah. I also wouldn't have wanted the magic wand of, like, ah, I was the inhibitor chip, therefore you're forgiven. Come on back, bro. Mm-hmm. So I really liked that he didn't have the inhibitor chip at the at some point when he was trying to hurt them or mm, when he right. was deciding he wanted to be that with the Empire. I like that there's agency there. Um, I think that it's not just that you don't like how it played out. I think it was messy storytelling to never really tell us when yeah. he had it out, when he had it. I, I don't like that. I, I think they just kind of dropped the ball on that. Um, I, I do feel like he was a really excellent kind of internal struggle villain where it's like, it is a fight for sort of where, you know, where's the galaxy going? What's the empire trying to doing? Should you be loyal to the empire because it was the Republic? Should you be loyal to the Republic because it basically got thrown out in favor of the empire or, you know, as soldiers, should you just keep following orders or should you eventually get to a point where you say, well, wait, these orders are not okay, so I'm going to stop doing it. Um, right. I would have been fine with Crosshair getting on the ship because I didn't feel like if he got on the ship, everything would have just been fine. I That's felt fair. like they made it very clear that like everything was not fine, but that at least for now, they were just going to get through it. Um, so I, I, I really liked Crosshair's arc here, but I think the whole inhibitor chip, like while it played out at the end kind of the way I wanted where it's like I wouldn't even call him necessarily a villain as much as an antagonist he mm-hmm. he does believe like yeah I, I've been a soldier I've been fighting for a thing they just changed the name why does that change everything I think right. he's wrong because I you know clearly <laughs> Palpatine took over and like they were wrong before too maybe but it's unclear yeah. but like but there was a little sloppiness in terms of like yeah. We we still don't know exactly what happened and when it happened, and I feel like at the end of season one we should know that, and that's yeah. unsatisfying. If you notice in this episode, Crosshair said that soldiers follow orders, and he omitted he omitted the good, mm. the adjective mm. good, which yeah, would have right. been that. the code. Interesting, yeah, for Order sixty six and, and the programming. Mm. So that that was kind of like cluing us in, mm. I think, to his change of personality or change of motivation. Yeah. And I, I think that's where... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I agree with Paul that like knowing when the inhibitor, inhibitor chip came out could have mm-hmm. uh, given me that satisfaction that I wanted of like, he had it in the beginning, which is why he started shooting the Jedi and then took it out and still decided like, well, the Empire has stuck by me, whereas the like, 99s right. abandoned me. Yeah, right. Um, but that batch, yeah, so like... That would have been fine. But yeah, just being like, oh, I took it out a long time ago. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Hunter's like, when exactly did you? It's yeah. like, yeah, we're Point not going to give you that information. Yeah, yeah. I, and I've I, been... I, Sorry, go ahead, Matthew. No, go, go ahead. We've got a fun car alarm going off outside the window. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've, I've previously lobbied for like keeping things open-ended, especially in like mm-hmm. a, a saga like this, so someone can kind of come in and fiddle with it. But this seems like a detail that you need to pin down. Yeah. yeah. I, I think this well first of all just I, I think this is also where flashbacks sort of really helped yeah. because one thing that was never established is is it just because of the chip that Crosshair like followed the orders and the others didn't because I, what I got at least from it is that they all had the chip the chip was like functioning more for some of them than for others but that to some extent like the others were like more susceptible to being able to question the chip in a way that he wasn't. And if that's just because his chip was like functioning and theirs weren't to me, that's boring storytelling because he did seem always the more like the least compassionate one, the least sort of like let's rethink things one. And I think if they had a couple of flashbacks to showed other times when they were given orders that were kind of questionable and maybe Wrecker was like, do mm. we really need to do that? And Crosshair was like, 
we follow orders. That's right. what we do. Like long before any chips, I think that could have like just something like that. And, and in terms of this question of like, do we or don't we get those like Coruscant scenes or the the um, not Fallujah, um, okay. <laughs> you know, do we or do we not got get those scenes of what his crosshair been up to this whole time? Mm. I think I understand what they were going for, but they didn't commit enough of the way because you can either tell their story and tell his kind of concurrently, or you can just tell their story and only show us everything from their perspective. Yeah. And then like, if you really have that and you don't get any of the scenes on Coruscant or on the planet with the, um, the clone makers and all that, you know, uh, Kaminoa, like, then they can have had this long time of being like convincing themselves like he is still our brother it's just because of the chip and then when they find out and we find out that it's not that he did take the chip away it's just this like hammer blow of everything they thought is is out the window but i feel like they had either i feel like they're kind of trying to do that but also they showed us enough of what was happening with him beforehand that it just never coalesced yeah, I totally agree that, like, seeing what Crosshairs was up to, especially because, like, that that seemed to be sort of a consensus of a thing that we wish was happening in previous episodes as well. Like, mm-hmm. we haven't checked in with Crosshairs for a while. What's going on with Crosshairs? Um, yeah, getting at least, like, part of the picture of what he's been up to would have been really satisfying. I totally agree with you. I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, TJ chimes in, I liked where Crosshair ended up, but for me the journey could have been clearer. Mm. Which, yeah, is kind of what some of us are definitely saying. For me, it would have been better if they never showed Tarkin messing with the chip. I think they put too much emphasis on that from the start, and therefore the conclusion was a bit confusing. If they'd never mentioned his chip again after the first episode, it would have made more sense. Uh, and then, Or maybe the chip is more of an impulse than a compulsion. Impulses can be followed or ignored based on character. Just a little voice in your head instead of a complete loss of control. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Was that TJ's comment? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally agree that like if it was they all got this baseline impulse of, like, kill Jedi... And the rest of them didn't follow it, but Crosshairs was just like, well, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. That would have been really interesting to, to see play out. Especially and maybe that is what I, we saw play out, I don't know. Yeah. I, I do think one thing they established is that part of how the clones were bred was to be more compliant mm-hmm. and less questioning mm-hmm. of orders. And that was specifically one of the things uh, Jango Fett says when he wants his own clone, that he not have that, that he mm-hmm. be you know, just as questioning. And the Bad Batch, like, I, I think Tarkin specifically said, like, one of the reasons why they were misfits or rejects or maybe one of the Kaminoans was because they weren't super compliant the way that right. the other clones were. Mm-hmm. And so there again, like, maybe that is part of how, you know, Crosshair is made, but the others aren't. Like, I, I just feel like there was so much you could have you could have taken any direction, and I just wish they'd picked any of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait for season two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what did you all think of the the... Uh, arcs that some of the some of the bad backs themselves got. You mean across the season? Yeah, I mean like how this season wrapped them up, but yeah, therefore also across the season. Well, there's de- there's a scale, right? Like Hunter yeah. and Wrecker <laughs> got the most because I think they interacted with Omega the most. Tech and Echo were kind of interchangeable mm-hmm. at times. Yeah. yeah, and hard to distinguish as individuals. I felt. Uh, the most distinguishing thing was that Echo used to be a reg, I think. But otherwise, right. like, depending on the mission and the situation, like, one of them or the other would do the the computer stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was it never felt consistent as to who. And I liked, in, like, a very early episode, we kind of got Echo and Tech bickering with each other about both filling this mm-hmm. role, but then, mm-hmm. yeah, never went back to it. Yeah. yeah. I even, like, like, I agree. At the end, when they were all, like, getting into the chambers t- to escape... I was like, why did two of them double up? There's four chambers and five of them. Like, oh, right, Tech and Echo are two different people. And Echo wasn't there. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was something uh, TJ pointed out in the email they sent us. Um, it, it felt like those two were really ignored, and I thought that was a real loss, especially since, you know, 90% of the times they fired their weapons, they were firing them at regs. Right. And I feel like having someone who was a reg, like, because we talked in early episodes, they were reluctant to shoot at the regs and then started doing so and always using stun function but like having a reg there you know who's now part of the bad batch Mm -hmm. but but isn't like one of them uh, you know i think that would have 
they could have explored that. They could have explored tech more. Um, they could have had Echo go in a very different direction, so he wasn't just the tech guy. Like, maybe he was now a super droid guy or something. Like, there's a lot you could have done. Yeah, and we knew Echo from before. Like, we got to know yeah. him on the Clone Wars TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they definitely could have used both of them more, maybe more effectively by differentiating them um, a little bit more. You know, I mean, Tech was like, I'm going to do this Tech thing. And then Echo's like, <laughs> I'm going to do this Tech thing. <laughs> right. Which is an echo, but yeah, um, yeah, it, it, I, I, yeah, I think that's a really good point that they they are not really sufficiently differentiated, and mm-hmm. and but they are very different. Yeah, you know, they actually are very different. Mm-hmm. And we did get yeah. some moments of sort of echo being a reg, and like when they saw Rex, you know, and mm-hmm. um, what's his face, um, Gregor. You know, yeah. like I felt like that came up a little, but not a lot. I do this. This actually, though, outside of the Bad Batch, and it that one clone trooper who comes up to, uh, is it Rampart? I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I the thought one it was Ryloth. Yeah. Um. No, 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 no. no um, in this, in episode, this episode, yeah. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Ricky, I noticed you, that. Yeah, like. That, like, stood out to me. Like, first of all, it seemed a little odd that, like, a trooper came up and was like, oh, we did the thing. And he's like, oh, very good. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, like, it, you'd think yeah. it would be, like, a, an, another kind of officer or whatever. But I think it was very deliberately, this is a clone trooper who's saying, we just destroyed where I grew up, you know? And yeah. I think they were trying to kind of, like, sort of twist that knife a little bit or sort of show, like, the tension between, like, yeah, there still are some clone troopers... And, like, like, how are they going to feel about things, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's where I brought up, uh, that's why I thought you were talking about the one on Ryloth, who I think that one right. is Rampart, right? I, I thought that the, one... the um, Empire dude. Okay, that's right. The other guy, um, yeah, the other guy? Oh, the, yeah, that's right, the Tarkin Jr. Um, diet, <laughs> right. diet Tarkin. Diet Tarkin. <laughs> diet Tarkin. We didn't need him, just give us Tarkin the whole time. Yeah. Um, but I, I just thought that it was such a, like, to me, that was such an interesting moment when you now had a clone starting to question the order, starting to question the Empire. Mm-hmm. To me, that was such an important part of this whole, like, is it the chip? Is it, you know, making decisions? Can the clones be saved? Um, especially because by the end of this, like, as you said, there are still clone troopers wandering around. We still don't know what happened to the clones. And... I don't want to project too much onto season two, and maybe this is they don't want to rush this. <clears throat> but I, I have been hoping ever since that clone on Ryloth that part of what we're setting up is that eventually the more and more of the clones turn on the Empire. And that's what kind of makes the Empire be like, okay, no, we, we got to be done with this because mm-hmm. they don't just keep following orders and they do start to, you know, maybe the Bad Batch leading them or maybe just individually, whatever it is. Um, Hauser. Hauser's on Ryloth. Thank That's you, uh, TJ. Um, um, no, I kept wanting to call him word. DJ. I kept wanting to call him DJ, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, what, what, what's your all take on that? That would actually be, I think, a very important kind of retcon for the overall Star Wars canon in the mm-hmm. fact that we've always referred to this as the Clone Wars because that's right. what Obi-Wan Kenobi said in A New Hope. But yeah. this was really only one war. Yes. But if there's right. a follow-up where now yes. you have to have stormtroopers fighting against clones, oh, it like might it. make yeah. more sense to say that it's clone wars. Plural. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about that like pluralization earlier today. I was like, why the heck is it the clone wars? It's just one war. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's only like three years long. It's not even like a really long war. But, like, that, that's a really great point, and I, I think that would be really interesting to see. If they're like, oh, yeah, we didn't have an S here for no reason. There's actual multiple Clone Wars. Yeah. That was the first Clone War. I love that. Yeah. I'm in. I think it could be a really good way to do it. Yeah, sure. and, and that's one of the things I love about stuff like this. And Rogue One, you know, retconning the Death Star weakness to be intentional. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's yeah. taking stuff that just kind of, like, didn't seem to make sense. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 there's a reasonable explanation, and here it yeah. is. The uh, Kessel the, Run yeah, is a puzzle. Solo, yeah. The solo thing, <laughs> Kessel Run. Right. They still got the Kessel... Okay, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're such I, a I huge like, solo fan, Matthew. 
I, I do feel like they still got the Kessel run wrong, and that was one of the most like it was such a softball, like, and they still swung and missed. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to that. When we get to solo. I, I feel so. like that pivots into Droidicide. Oh yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. Droidicide. <laughs> I expected them to do it again. Yeah. 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 And and I, I I didn't even like start to shed a tear this time. I was like, again, come on. Yeah. I literally wrote down on my phone standard droid aside. Yeah. And then like yeah. I was like, oh wait, wait, they they didn't do it. They undid it. It was the fake out where, where Sam grabs Frodo from under the water and pulls him up uh, into the boat. But I mean like he did get a like bolt through the chest. Do we know that AZ's okay? Yeah, they'll fix I mean he's a droid that flicks him. Yeah, yeah but yeah, 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 yeah I fine. just yeah. Even... Yeah, we we don't know, but even if finally not... now they have their you know, I don't and know. The way it was set up was so Big Hero Six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really was. Like I, I expected Az to say, "Are you satisfied with your care?" <laughs> yeah, I, I did though like the moment. I, I, I had that. I also had a little bit of Bing Bong from um, yep. Inside Out. Yep. There you go. Um, but I, I, I will say I did like the moment when Crosshair picked up the rifle, and you were like, I, I had some real tension, mm. like because I. I to me, that was one of the best things with the Crosshair story. I honestly didn't know what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. And so when he did then fire the, the grappling thing to, to grab them, I was like, okay, that's cool. I, right, I didn't right. see that coming, and that's a really nice moment for him. And he's oh, like, yeah. but we're but, still not friends. Like, but less, yeah. <laughs> less tension for Hunter, because he knows what a grappling magnet gun looks Oh, yeah, like. yeah. Hunter's like, oh, okay, that's yeah. what you're doing. Cool. Right. Because like, we were all like, oh no. Like, yeah. Is he going to yeah. shoot Hunter? What's going on here? Yeah, yeah, and I was very confused. I was like, wait, why is he going to shoot Hunter for wanting to jump in after Omega? Like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Also, people, stop jumping into the water. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, like, as soon as Omega was, like, in her own capsule, despite being extraordinarily small and easily fitting into, like, she should have right. doubled up with yeah, someone, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, AZ's going to die. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. Like, I- I also thought that whole scene was, and they've kind of been building to this for a while, but I, I felt like this paid it off in the worst way instead of like giving us something else. Now one of the worst examples of the Star Wars, everybody on a planet actually lives in like six buildings in one geographic area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they destroyed, did they destroy the cloning facilities? Did they destroy the capital city? Or did they actually just like wipe out the Kaminoans as a race? Like, I think that's like, that's where they lived. Like, that yeah. was it. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's like an ocean planet, and mm-hmm. they just built this facility here for I don't know why, but it's yeah. very confusing. It, it makes it me... doesn't look that big. No, no it doesn't. It's, it's like, like yeah. a tens, large city. Tens of yeah, yeah. thousands at most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, how did they evolve? Like, where did they live before they had the technology to build this? Were well, there's speculation like... maybe they, they were uh, clones themselves, right? Ooh. Wasn't there okay. some... Okay, that could be a thing. That could be some... a thing. But, but... Yeah, so in the... Cad Bane episode, we did see an older yeah. abandoned facility mm-hmm. that was on a was it, that was on another planet. On a different planet, mm-hmm. yeah. So they've right. gone to different planets and built these facilities. So there probably like, are other Kaminoan settlements, yeah. but maybe right. not cloning. Maybe they're doing and, other things. And so, like, I mean, I could see a story where because of all the crazy science they do, something terrible happens to their climate, and so like it wasn't sure. always this like always raining you know, ocean planet, so they had mm-hmm. to build these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that would never happen in our own no, world, no, but, no, you know, no. like, <laughs> industry destroying the world like that. But <laughs> So, and I, I will say, I did like uh, the little bit of the end of, uh, I can never pronounce her name. Now I'll say, thank you. Because I think the clear implication there is we're trying to draw the link to the cloning of Palpatine yes. that's going to happen by those later movies, right? Is that the implication oh, yeah. that other people got? 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm here. Like, I love that part. That was great. Yeah. That was my least favorite part of the episode. <gasps> <Yeah>. Expand, Paul. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, so you just have this random, like, thing at the end. It felt like it had nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Like, I don't know. It felt maybe like it would make more sense as, like, it felt like they made a post-credit scene and, like, but we don't yeah. really want to do a post-credit scene, so we're just going to put it here. Like, yeah. narratively, it just felt like, okay. I guess, like, I would have preferred, like, if they had intercut a little bit during the episode, various stuff going on with the Emperor, you know, with the Empire. Mm, but, like, it just yeah. felt, like, totally out of left field to me. I don't know. It, for me, it was, it, it felt out of left field. I think it would have been much better as an after credit scene. But also, like, 
the Emperor being cloned feels like one of the worst parts of a very bad movie to begin with. <laughs> and, like, it, it, it feels like... And I, I know, I mean, even the people who I know who loved that movie, many have been like, yeah, that was kind of a stupid story, but whatever. Like, I'm sure some people liked it. That's fine. But I know a lot of people who really didn't. It feels like Star Wars being like, no. The cloning of Palpatine <laughs> is so much canon that we are now putting it into The Mandalorian. We're now putting it into this. We are putting cloning into every part of Star Wars, and you cannot get away from it. And just, I hate that. I hate that so much. Here's the problem with the cloning of Palpatine in terms of the rise of Skywalker, is that... The problem? (laughs) A problem. (laughs) In my opinion, it's it's the problem, is that the, um, the comic book series Dark Jedi actually did the cloning of Palpatine and his return much better as a storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, if you want to have me on to talk about that someday, Matthew, I'd be <laughs> happy to. That would sound great. But, like to hear but for it. me, as a fan of that comic book, seeing it done in, in what I felt was an inferior way was very disappointing mm-hmm. in that movie. Yeah. 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 I, I've heard people who love the original canon also complain about it, and I never got into detail, but that, that may well be why. Yeah, whenever you have a story that's been told well or in a way that a lot of people liked and then you tell it in another way, (laughs) like, sometimes people are also going to like that. But a lot of times it's just you're setting yourselves up for, like, people to dislike it. Why didn't you just give us the thing we like? Yeah. Yeah, especially Mm -hmm. if there was no reason to, like, if it didn't conflict with anything they've already established in canon, like, why change it? Right. Well, timeline-wise, it it does. Conflict with a bit? Okay. Okay. That seems like a small tweak compared to... Well, we got, I don't know. I haven't read the comic, but um, well, I don't have to listen to the episode. Gladly, gladly. The other, th- the other thing about the ending with Nala say is, I felt it was kind of a callback to another cloning saga, which was the Heir to the Empire novels. Mm-hmm. Because oh in yeah, that, which I thought did cloning so much better yeah. than anything that's come late. But since it, then. but in that, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn comes across the old clone and Grand Admiral Thrawn. I know, you love Thrawn so much. He comes across the old cloning facilities at a facility called Mount Tantis, I believe, mm-hmm. on, a pla- yeah. on the planet Wayland. So when I saw that mountain and the base built into the mountain, I immediately felt connection to mm-hmm. that, that storyline. Yeah. I, I didn't catch that, but you're right. That would be a great connection. Yeah, and um, I... Oh, I was just going to say, I totally agree with you guys that it felt like the most post-credit-y scene, but they didn't want to shove it as a post-credit thing, because, like, I don't know, Disney Plus is weird about handling post-credit scenes, so maybe they're like, just stick it at the end of the episode, it's fine. (laughs) Like, Um, it might accidentally minimize the credits, and then people won't even see it. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I just, I don't know, this idea, I like Nalise a lot. I I do too. And, like, learning about how she's... Like, she was secretly rooting for Omega and working with her and, like, hired Fennec mm-hmm. to try and get her back. Like, I think Nalise has a lot of really redeemable features other than just being, like, evil Kaminoan mm-hmm. doing right. Palpatine's bidding. Um, so I'm excited to see more of her, and I hope we see more of her in season two. But, yeah, I'm not... Yeah, and I, I could see her, like... not. I don't think there's going to be the same thing as, like, uh, the, you know, one more, like, a sabotage thing. I totally agree with you there because I, I think you could easily do a fun story where, you know, because you kind of wonder, like, why did all this cloning stuff take so long, you know, so much longer after Palpatine dies? And maybe it's because she's throwing some wrenches in or rescuing her as a part of season she's two. She's rogue wanting it up. Yeah. yeah. So now exactly. say sabotages Palpatine's cloning chamber, and that's how he gets Snoke. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. That's great. Who's this Snoke go... you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go too much longer because uh, we've now almost doubled the time of the original episode. But I'll say one thing other thing that I um, not something that like I wanted them to pay off and and but they didn't, but something that I hoped they wouldn't do and they did and and they didn't, which I was very happy about. I, and I think they made this clear a while ago, but still I'm glad that they they didn't sneak it in that Omega is not Force-sensitive, at least as far mm-hmm. as we know. Yeah. Um, I, I always kind of dreaded that was going to come, and I was really glad that it should never happened. So you were expecting when AZ, like, falls away into the ocean, that oh, Omega 100%. would, like, reach out? Yeah, 100%. Oh. I, that would have felt really out of place at this point. I Early on in the series, I thought that might be the case, and I would have mm-hmm. been fine with it. Uh, but then they didn't have anything like that, I thought throughout like the last 
eight right. episodes or, or or longer. So I think it would have felt really out of place if they suddenly did that here. Yeah, I, I, I think once I was, that wasn't even in my mind though. But once they established that she was a pure clone, like I think if they had been like, oh, yeah, we cloned yeah. her with a force user or something, right, right. Been. So, yeah. and what about for? Go ahead. Force sensitivity is purely genetically inherited. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> oh my god. Um, biggest, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you guys are saying about like having Omega be force sensitive would have spoiled a bunch of stuff, especially because I like that this series has really focused on non-force users. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. um, Mandalorian, we we had Grogu, um, who is like present throughout it, though not the main character. Whereas this one, I don't like. We haven't really had any force users be major presences in this show and i like seeing the kind of regular folk and also how the jedi are just sort of in the background as this like mythological almost figure Mm -hmm. um yeah i think it's very true yeah and i I do just have to say though in terms of like uh force using being genetic like wasn't (laughs) that the whole point of the villain in um uh Mandalorian season two was that he wanted to like get Grogu's blood to like be part of some cloning thing. Like I think it was never exactly explained that I thought that was certainly the implication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's Clearly. not fully clear what Gideon was after. I mean, he, yeah. they, they do mention the M count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he says he wanted the blood, blah, blah, blah. But we don't know. He just wanted the blood. Maybe he wanted to extract other, I don't he know. the ears like, for some or, sort. Yeah. 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 All right, well, now that we are uh, wandering quite far from the original <laughs> cast, what about for you all? What were kind of like last thoughts or questions or comments you wanted to make? I have two closing thoughts. Oh, you were just inhaling No, when you I do started. it, you do it. I was, I was okay. inhaling because there's an awkward silence, and I feel like okay. I need to fill them. You go. <laughs> Mine's fairly quick. Um, one was when, the, when they get on, in those tubes, I had this very, like, Bilbo being like, let's all get in the barrels and float down the river. (laughs) (laughs) um, And then two, once they're doing that, and Omega's like, you're doing great, AZ. Like, don't distract someone when they're trying to save your life. (laughs) And then, of course, that's immediately when he's like, boom, and gets hit by some debris, by some flotsam or whatever. And I'm like, just... Just don't do that. Let them focus. <laughs> Tell them they did a good job after. If they look like they're panicking, maybe offer some reassurance. But when they're clearly dialed in, just let them do their thing. You don't need to create any more drama or distraction. That's all. That's all that I got. That makes sense. That's good. That makes sense. Good. Yeah, I also thoroughly enjoyed that if we weld this hole good enough, it'll be airtight with a thing <laughs> that it's sitting on top of. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Story checks out, I guess. And also, like, ah, this monster is coming towards us because it can see us because we all have our oh. lights on. Right. Let's so run I... fast with the lights on. Yeah. But uh... I was watching with my headphones on. I, I watched it, uh, um, you know, two in the morning, and uh, but you know, Mary was asleep nearby, and I had to stop myself from saying out loud when the monster showed up. Oh, come on! Like. <laughs> I was so bored with them crawling through the tunnels, and I was like, really? Now you're going to give us, like, and I just had this, like, I had an image of, like, whatever monster was going to be there was then going to get eaten by another monster. Yes, of course. Because to me, that's, like, my my quintessential awful moment of Phantom Menace is when they do the, like, there's always a bigger fish trick Mm -hmm. twice. Like, anyway, so, uh, Ricky and Sarah. Yeah, go ahead, Ricky. Like, overall... I think this this season delivered a lot of what I wanted, and I think that's mm-hmm. part of why I did not like this ending, is that it yeah. did not continue to deliver on those things, which is you know the nostalgia of the Clone Wars, and or the promise of you know Rebels or some other future timeline product, um, and just like give me more, like give me Cad Bane, give me the Cad Bane Boba Fett showdown. Mm-hmm. Give us Tarkin. Give us give us director Krennic. Maybe like his rise to power. Like mention Operation Stardust, and Star Wars Mm -hmm. fans will go nuts. (laughs) Yeah, I I I completely agree. I also feel like regarding not getting the payoffs. Like where's Sid? What happened to Sid? Like I feel Mm -hmm. like there was just so much cool stuff that was building in the background of this really deep like Star Wars lore that just got ignored in these yeah. last couple episodes it, it doesn't need to be all other stuff i think no. like this show did a good job of developing its own characters and then sid was especially one of the most delightful 
new characters yeah. we got. You know, we got more of Fennec, I feel like, than mm-hmm. we did in The Mandalorian, and more of her kind of background. So, yeah, those things were great. And then, yeah, like, this episode, I felt like, was just a big Poseidon adventure escape from the facility. Yeah. And it, it didn't pay off for me. And I think the way you said it is so perfect, because, honestly, with the expectations I had going into this show, I, I, I thought we were going to get a show where this was a perfectly fine ending to it you know mm-hmm. this show so exceeded my expectations for quite a while mm-hmm. that i think is part of why this felt like a letdown yeah. um but well thank you all so much um really glad we could do this i appreciate we're doing it from uh, a number of uh, uh technologically and other challenges <laughs> uh thank you so much to those of you in the chat you've been a great part of the episode and to all our listeners at home let us know what you think do you love the episode do you not love it are you now super excited for the bad batch too are you kind of going back to some, um, you know, uh, extended universe stuff? Because it makes you, re- you want to read about those versions of the clones instead. Like, let us know. Ethic- the Ethical Panda on Twitter, on Facebook, theethicalpanda.com. Email me at uh, theethicalpanda at gmail.com. And, of course, you can check out this podcast, my other podcast, Superhero Ethics, and a whole bunch of other podcasts on the, M- uh, on the MCU, on Fast and the Furious, and all kinds of things right there on the Stranded Panda Podcast Network. So that's where you can find all of my stuff. Paul, I know you're doing a bunch of stuff on Twitch these days. Where can we find you? Yeah, Zen Madman on Twitch, on Twitter, um, on YouTube, mostly making poker videos right now on Zen Madman Eat Poker. But um, I just wanted to say that I found this episode very whelming. Whelming. Yeah, yeah, very whelmed. You know, whelming. Which also means to cover with water. And um, submerge. So, <laughs> so just I, I'm I'm here for the puns. That's that's there you go. I like it. Good. I like it. Oh. Uh, and uh, Ricky and Sarah, uh, Sarah, am I right? Some of your art is now like viable in some place or another. Uh, it will be. It's not now because of the whole moving shenanigans. Um, okay. I yeah, I have an Etsy store. I have an Instagram. Um, the Instagram leads to the Etsy store. It's Sarah Hayashi Art, all one word. Um, there's nothing exciting going on right now because of moving, but in like a couple of weeks, I'll have some fun new stuff up there. Awesome. Awesome. When you do, we will definitely post the link on the, uh, Stranded Panda webpage and the Facebook. So thank you all so much for being a part. And, oh, Ricky, do you have anything, uh, for folks to share? No. You've got Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Twitter. <laughs> I enjoy your Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yes. His Twitter's Wikipedia Go. There. There yeah, you go. Definitely. I'm, definitely. I checking try it out. to be as positive as I can on a very negative platform. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, it's, it's a little yeah. window of positivity that's greatly appreciated. Mm-hmm. Much more right, positive well, than you. on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, look, no, I'm, kidding, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. What, what, uh, what, now that this is done, uh, after a little bit more of a break while they finish moving, Riki and Sarah and I, uh, and let's be honest, probably Paul, he's not going to admit it, but he's going to want to come on from time to time, are going to do our rewatch of Rebels and oh go through a lot of those gosh. episodes, which are going to be really fun. So I think we're going to get a lot of reeky well, positivity from that. Like, I'm almost wrong. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. All of Rebels. All of Rebels. It is so good. Yeah. Can't wait to have y'all awesome. listen along and watch right. it well, Thank you for everybody being in the stream. TJ, thanks for being our super fan. Thanks to everybody for uh, being a part of this. And most importantly, the thing I will always ask you to do, I will almost demand that you do, <laughs> is have a good day. Yeah.